It's good to see you, Hefe. Good to be back. How does it feel? Groovy. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 93 for the week of November 2nd, 2015. a boreal digit david t cole and i'm here with cat thrown by off-screen pa sarah <laughs> d bunting <laughs> obvious razor blade joe reed what are you doing there lawless lucy tara ariano and soul swallower eve Beatty. do you have any gluten-free souls <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Before we get on our way, and we want to remind everybody, you can buy an ad on this very podcast or our sister podcast, again with this, Beverly Hills 90210 edition, 100 smackaroos for a business ad, $50, half price for a personal ad with somebody happy birthday or something of that nature. All you need to do is go to previously.tv slash ads, fill out the form, and then I will talk and we'll figure it out. All right. On with the show. Let's welcome Eve Beatty back to the podcast. Hello, Eve. Welcome. Hi, guys. Yay! <laughs> uh, we, this is a little bit after Halloween, but since uh, this was a big week for um, horror slash comedy shows, and since Eve is sort of our designated person doing those shows, we wanted to have her on to talk about uh, the premiere of Ash vs. Evil Dead and the current season of iZombie in progress. So let's start with Ash vs. Evil Dead. I thought it was great. What did everyone else think? It was a lot of fun. It, it, I think it solved, like, Evil Dead is sort of a lot of fun, but when you condense that much mayhem into, like, an hour, yeah, which was the uh, initial episode, uh, it really shines. Mm-hmm. And I really love the nods they made to how shitty the special effects technology was <laughs> when they did the movies, and they yeah. weren't really afraid to have uh, crappy effects. You know, it was sort of like a mix of of uh computer generated stuff and and i think computer generated stuff to make it look like it was like stop action like with the doll and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. it was it was delightful eve you wrote a new show fact sheet on the show for on the premiere for us why don't you tell us a little bit about your impressions of same well to dave's point on the shitty effects yes (laughs) a lot of the effects are shitty and but and like i like i hate quoting myself but like i said in the new show show fact sheet i feel like with you know once again to dave's point that much mayhem compressed into you know 30 minutes or you know in the pilot 40 minutes um if that looked realistic it would be torture porn it would be watching (laughs) a hostel it'd be watching saw it wouldn't feel fun and funny and midnight movie and let's smoke some weed it would just (laughs) be it would just be unrelenting and I think not enjoyable unless you're super into that stuff, in which case we should talk. For your um, uh, Fangoria subscribe. <laughs> well, but even Fangoria, you know, is into the, the fun elements yeah. of it. I mean, I say this, I, my Fangoria subscription lapsed sometime in the 80s, so <laughs> I'm sort of talking out of my ass. But, you know, I think that there's a healthy appreciation for the fun stuff, and I felt like that's one of the things that the show really incorporated, is it updated the stuff so, you you know the sets looked good all that you know ash's trailer looked great it was you know it, it would have been perfect on like tiny house nation um <laughs> you know the actors everyone is attractive and looks decent and is a professional actor in a way that 
in neither of the Evil Dead films were they. <laughs> um, and, you know, everything looks good except for a lot of the goofball effects. And I think that that was the right call. Yeah. Joe, you're also a horror guy. What were your thoughts on the premiere? Um, I'm a horror guy, but I'm not really an Evil Dead guy. I've seen – I definitely have seen Evil Dead 2 and I definitely have not seen Evil Dead 1. And I've seen like parts of Army of Darkness, but I think maybe even just like one or two scenes. And then I weirdly ended up seeing that movie My Name is Bruce, which was oh, yeah. that like postmodern Bruce Campbell plays himself – but is also like sucked into the universe of whatever. It was whatever. Um, <laughs> this is kind of not my thing. This, but like I think watching the first episode of this, I could still like see that this is a quality example of a thing that is not my thing. That if you're into the whole like sort of Ash mythos or whatever, like this is like really well done. And Bruce Campbell is like he's great. Like he's super like energetic and into it and he's sort of playing into his whole like what everybody loves about him there's something about the tone of this series that and i like a lot of horror and i like a lot of like horror comedy but this specific thing is such a specific thing and it feels like its own sort of genre of like horror camp Mm -hmm. but it's like camp for straight people and like (laughs) got God bless. Do not profile us, Joe. All that, all that, all that. But but, but like, 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 I don't know. Just, I want camp for my people. Um, You got got plenty, Joe. You got plenty on TV (laughs) right now. I do. We do. (laughs) We want it all. Hey, uh, Um, can I coin a phrase for what you're talking about? Which is, you know, a show that seems well-constructed, but is simply just not in your uh, ballpark. Uh, uh, yeah. seafood seafood salad show, which is you can uh, appreciate that you really have to be careful about how you craft it, otherwise it could be a real shit show real quick. But that uh-huh. you just don't want to eat it. That's actually that applies to me really well. Yeah. So yeah, okay, thank you for that. Well, that's a good analogy for Sarah because she was sick this weekend. Sarah, what did you think of the premiere? <laughs> um, I it's sort of the same for me. Like this has a lot of elements of things that I like but still isn't for me. Yeah. So maybe this would be an oatmeal raisin cookie show, (laughs) except it doesn't contain anything I hate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I liked it, but I wouldn't watch it again. That's, and also here's an interesting thing. Like I was concerned that Bruce Campbell would be, I feel like he has become this like, um, not garnish exactly, but he's like this sort of, he's his own sight gag. Yeah. And I thought maybe a whole, like, you know, all him again would now be like the Kramer effect. Mm -hmm. Like he would, he's better off as a garnish than as the whole dish at this point in his career. But he's really great. Like he's one of those actors that like, he knows exactly what he is and what he's for in the culture. And he does that really well and doesn't, and isn't like beleaguered by it. So I enjoyed Mm -hmm. I enjoy that this exists, but I'm good. <laughs> I said to Dave at the end of it, there's a there's an alternate universe where uh, Bruce Campbell had John Hamm's career because I was really reminded oh, yeah. of him as like that they have a, a lot in common as comedic actors, I feel like. I mean, Bruce Campbell obviously is like that, you know, at 11, whereas Ham, even in Wet Hot American Summer, is like an eight maybe. But um, but they're both like so good looking and so charming and so likable. I, I mean, I know what you mean, Sarah, and I can understand that. I was I was worried going into it is like, oh, is he going to be the Betty White of this? 
but I uh, yeah, really like- exactly. <laughs> but- That's a severe fear for you. Uh, yeah. It is. It was <laughs> way worse well, than not, all the heads coming to- out. Dramatologically speaking, this, but <laughs> I have been working on this theory now for a long time about how uh, Bruce Campbell is basically sort of like the Ronald Reagan that we deserve. <laughs> because if you think about it, so Evil Dead, you know, got shot actually like right around the time that Reagan was ramping up to run for president and was released in 81. And then, you know, the second Evil Dead was sort of. I think, you know, it was post-Reagan, but we were still sort of reeling from it. And now having him come back at sort of this time when people keep talking about how Trump is going to be, you know, the new Reagan. You know how, like, that's how everyone's like, well, everyone said Reagan couldn't be president. There's something about that, that if I were in film school or something, I would totally be writing that paper. But thank God I'm not. That's quite the theory. (laughs) And he's about to be playing Ronald Reagan on Fargo this season, too. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's uh, Oh, I did not realize that. He's so funny. He already, that's been announced. This is not a spoiler. He's been on a poster. That's all we've seen. All we've seen of him so far is like, yeah, he's been in the background on a poster and like they've made, there have been Reagan references in I think every episode because this season takes place in 1979. Um, But there's also like references to like past fictional Ronald Reagan movies that don't actually exist, which is really (laughs) funny and weird. Um, So yeah, that's another thing for Bruce Campbell fans to look forward to. Tara, you made an observation when we were watching this, which was a comparison of uh, this show and The Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, I think... Which I thought was apt. Yes. The, the iZombie is like, which we'll get to in a second, but it's like the, the um, you know, the the PG-13 version maybe of a, of a comedic horror type of show. And this is obviously, like I would say, a pretty hard R, but like it's it's so much more pleasant to watch something like this versus The Walking Dead, which admittedly is a very different show. But like I often feel watching Walking Dead, what it lacks is any kind of wit <laughs> to leaven the proceedings because it's such a slog. And I know that's part of the point, but sometimes yeah. like so was Breaking Bad and it had its funny moments. Well, too. you know, when Walking Dead started, it had a little bit of that. Like, you know, like two episodes ago and uh, I better spoiler take this. <laughs> Uh, f- spoilers, a hoe, fun ahoy. Um, I forgot how that goes. It's been so long. Uh, for Walking Dead, so a couple episodes ago, two episodes ago, uh, Glenn, you know, died? Question mark. You know, there's like theories that he didn't actually die. Well, he's not in the credits anymore. Right. Well, who knows though? I mean, True. you know, we're living in a pretty savvy, you know, world now. I think maybe if they wanted to, you know. Uh, play up that they would have asked for permission to remove his credits for that episode, you know? Perhaps. You know, it's like uh, Kaiser Soze and, and, or no, was it that one? Yeah, where Kevin Spacey for, forewent his credit, you know, so that the surprise would be there at the end. Oh. Uh, also, spoiler for unusual. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, where the hell was I going with this? Um, oh, yeah, so at Monday. the beginning of The Walking Dead, like he was sort of like this kind of glib, fun character. And, you know, and by the time he died, maybe that he became this really boring, you know, uh, uh, dour person like everybody else on the show. So I think Walking Dead had its moments like that in the first season. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's a choice, you know, where it's like, well, the world, this is the world we all live in and it sucks. So we're all going to be like that. But to watch Ash versus Evil Dead and see so much fun incorporated into this makes you wish that Walking Dead would like have a couple moments at least mm-hmm. you know because it is a bit of a grind but and and it made me realize that yeah it used to have that but doesn't really anymore yeah 
Now Walking Dead spoilers at are an end. Sorry if I broadsided you with the uh, usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it would have rhymed. <laughs> um, well, that feels like a good segue to iZombie because it's way more of a comedy show than The Walking Dead in, uh, in terms of shows that are actually about zombies. And Eve covers that for us yeah. on Previously.TV. Um, and you've talked in your post this, this season, Eve, about what a huge quality jump there has been this season. And I agree, but why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think, and you know, like The Walking Dead, it's almost... It's almost weird how much better it is this season when you look and you see that there haven't really been a lot of staffing changes or anything. So I don't know if everyone's just getting their shit together or what. I think that one of the big reasons that iZombie has increased in quality is sort of the same thing that helped out New Girl for a while, that they a little bit less of the focus is on live oh god you guys i'm still zombie it's uh, such a bummer i mean i guess that you know got to be a little tiresome for me because i'm thinking this doesn't this zombie life does not seem that bad in the grand scheme of things the every week she makes a little brain concoction and it looks delicious um the nachos a few weeks ago i don't think we need to spoil that um looked amazing oh my god i was sitting at home you know watching you know it and i was so hungry i just wanted to get up and get nachos instead of right um and so you eat you know you eat brains and sort of in compensation you heal you don't die, and you get like a super fighter when you feel like it. So why is this so bad? I don't know. I think that, you know, the other thing is that they are starting to build out the other characters a little more and make them a little more three-dimensional. You know, the major character, I'm sort of, a, that's Liv's ex. I'm sort of like, ah, you know, I don't know. Um, he's, his job this season, he's been hired by uh, evil energy drink executive to uh, kill zombies. And um, something that is really interesting to me in uh, the forums, well, at least in you know the portion of the forums that is in the comments beneath the post, there are so many people who say, well, I don't think that he's murdering people. After all, they're zombies. And, you know, not to be all, you know, John Carroll Lynch, but my <laughs> God, isn't every life precious, you guys? Um, I thought that, you know, it's really interesting to me that he is supposedly... And once again, I sort of have theories on whether or not he is actually killing all these people he's supposed to be killing. Yeah. He has this spreadsheet of 300 people who might be zombies, and we keep seeing him shoot these plastic-wrapped bodies in the head. Now, that could be a standards and practices thing, or a major could actually be pulling something. I don't know. How do you get a main character who's supposed to be your hero back from, you know, so far being a mass murderer? Also, in that— Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, in the argument about, you know, killing, not killing people, is that in this universe, zombies don't really turn into zombies right. uh, until they stop eating brains. Like, they're just people that are cold to the touch and have white hair until they, you know, get enough food. And then that's when they, you know, get the, the rage and they just, you know, die. It's like a third type of diabetes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. are you managing type, your type Z diabetes? Type Z, yeah. <laughs> Well, but yep. there was also yeah. the there was always this tension on Buffy yeah. as well. Yeah, that it's like you know these vampires are demons and they are evil and they are going to come for you and try to kill you. But yeah, there were a number of exceptions to that rule. That as time went on on that show and as more and more exceptions sort of came around, and actually you saw it in the first season with them. 
what's his nuts from Roswell? What's Ford was the character's oh, name, but he like had a brain tumor. Oh yeah. And uh, he was like, well, I would like to be a vampire mostly because it, you know, that's an attractive thing for whatever, a certain type of 17 year old, but also because I'm going to die anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, why, why are you, why are you judging me? So the moral relativism of like a protagonist of the show, um, whose job it is to kill whatever is in the title, you know. And then you have all the exceptions. It's interesting. And it's interesting to see how showrunners sort of incorporate that without being hypocritical or revising history. So, Sarah, uh, I just want to say, uh, what's his nuts is one of my favorite things. <laughs> right up there with E to B on the, uh, the, bunting, the bunting-isms. Um, and while, before we just get off the food track, because Eve was mentioning how delicious the nachos looked, I have a little pitch. Uh, which is this. They should have an episode where uh, the murder victim is like a really high-end cook, oh, chef, and then yes. they bring on the Hannibal food stylist for that episode, <laughs> and she's making oh, like yeah. fucking like the most delicious looking brain <laughs> stuff in the world, and they'll shoot it like Hannibal, but they'd be really dark all of a sudden whenever she's cooking. It would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can have Mads Mikkelsen on the episode. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, if you're no, no. if you're Everybody going wish list, look so bad. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, you know, they it. haven't announced who they've cast as. You know, they, uh, I don't know how much of this season you guys have all caught up on, but so there are frequent messages to this drug kingpin. It's the character that uh, the David Anders guy um, is trying to bring down. Yeah. So he's supposedly some, you know big bad guy who tortures people and all that and is running all the utopium which is basically sort of like you know meth meets ecstasy or whatever um so i don't know who's he's who's cast who's cast yet so mads mickelson seems like an obvious <laughs> choice sarah you could get your wish <laughs> he's already gotten a visa to work in canada obviously he's just got to go further west and go to vancouver he probably <laughs> Toronto. appreciates the, the cloudy skies and low temperatures of the <laughs> pacific <true>. northwest <laughs> I mean, it's all lining up, guys. That's true. Um, I just want to give a shout out to um, Ali Machalka, who came back uh, in the last episode. No, the two episodes ago, after having mm-hmm. been gone for a while. And I, I, what I appreciate more about this season is that uh, it's it's more interesting to watch the more people know live secret. This yeah. is always true of superhero shows, I think, or any kind of show where someone has a secret identity. Yep. Um, and the moment in the latest episode when um, Liv shows up at Peyton's cardio funk class or whatever it was with a smoothie and like just the look the two of them give each other i almost cried like it was so well acted by yeah. both of them they really oh, captured it was so good that moment yes. yeah i thought that was great and that that she Tar- already feels like more of a person than she did last season go ahead joe remember how much you and i hated her in i want to say it was easy a Maybe? when we saw what was that movie we saw that oh she yeah easy a yeah yeah so yeah bad. yeah easy a <laughs> right yeah and so it took me a while to recognize that it was her because i was just like oh my god she's like she's really turned it around she looks really different with brown hair for sure she looks she, like yeah, a different person <laughs> yeah we should uh well, she, was a, she was a tough sell in wildcats too wildcats <laughs> is that right the cheerleader yeah. show yeah. yeah oh right yeah but she's good in this and and uh i hope that she and ravi get back together because i like them as a couple too even though they didn't really get to go that far in season one. Oh, they were a couple they were in season one. Oh, i like that yeah 
That would be good. Well, and I mean, let's face it, Ravi is like the real dreamboat on that show. For People real, can be like, oh, major, oh, David Anders, but Ravi is it. That hair alone, he mm-hmm. is it. When he showed up in his western gear, it hurt <laughs> so writing that he was so that was cute. Great. Oh my god, that was the hottest. Oh, yeah, yeah the I hottest. did actually laugh out loud at that. That was a that was a great moment. That's a good friend uh, watching. Watching this most recent episode, because this is the only episode of iZombie I've ever seen what? so far. It seems um, like it's so up your alley, Joe. You I know. I missed it at the beginning, and then it was one of those, like, oh, I'll go back, but I don't have time kind of thing. And yeah. I just sort of got stuck in that sure. quicksand. Yeah. Uh, when Liv and uh, what's Ellie Michalka's? Peyton? Peyton. Yeah. So when they they have their like big like reunion in this episode and not knowing anything of the past of the show, I'm like, oh, wait a second. Are they a couple? Is this like a a, a, show, a teen show with like or a whatever a CW show with a lesbian lead? I'm like, that'd be pretty cool. No. And then we saw uh, Ravi and I was like, oh, here's our gay character. And I was like, no. I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> Give me somebody. We still don't know what's up Robert, with Clive. They like waved Robert Buckley in front of my face, and I'm like, and I was literally having a thought the other day of like, whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> he was so like the cheesecake like hot guy on like three or four different shows, yeah, and then seemingly had disappeared. Well, he's uh, alive-ish. My, I have a question: How many uh, country bars do you think there are in Seattle? What? <laughs> 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 that reminded me of that bar from Forty Eight Hours. Forty Eight Hours. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte go to a country bar, supposedly in North Beach in San Francisco, which is even more improbable than a country bar like that in (laughs) Seattle, I think. I think there should be a... I wonder if they have like an occupation wish list. I remember when we went to, to go to a Bob's Burgers table read, there's all these like pieces of paper along the hall that you fill out your ideas for all the like things they do in the show, like the burger of the day and the, uh, you know, the business yeah. out front. I wonder if there's like a, just like an idea sheet for Liv's occupations. There must be. There, there's gotta be. I would like, I would like was a that, sneak peek at that. Was that subplot a wink at Nashville at all? In that I know New Zealand and Australia are not the same thing, but like that there's just the show <laughs> with like a New Zealand actress playing American hmm. and Nashville, the one girl who, sort of looks like her is Australian and she's playing this like country music star. That huh. was the first thing it made me think of. I didn't think it's of like, that. It's so very, is her name Scarlett on yeah. Nashville? Yes. Yeah. That was very I subtle. I like is. this one. I like Rose McIver a lot. <laughs> Scarlett's come a long way. Okay. I haven't watched Nashville since the first season. So also David Anders' accent. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. It's like, it's very Christian Bale. Like I close my eyes and I sort of see or I hear every Christian Bale American accent, which has become like Christian well, Bale's but accent. But he's really American. He he's American. Yeah. Is he? Wait a second. Joe, is that true? Joe's mind yes, was just I'm, blown. I shit you not. I was. <laughs> yeah, he's Marster saying. <laughs> yep. I, James Marsters, I knew. David Anders, I had no idea. Oh, uh, this I podcast know, right? educating everybody. But he doesn't. <laughs> talk like this all the time right with this little like street tough accent because that's the christian bell thing i'm talking about is this sort of like um he has sort of a nasally she's trash plane from see it's more of a spader i think it's more of a you know know, back before james spader got all fat (laughs) wow okay well all right well now i've learned things so this is good (laughs) Extra hot, great, educating hosts and 100%. listeners since uh, 2010. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, love. Hey, mom. We just finished watching the finale episode of season nine of Face Off. And at the end of the last episode, they told us the new twist. What was it? They had to create a brand new character and add it to their script. And how do you think you would handle that kind of situation? If you were a makeup artist and all of a sudden the director said, you know what? We need more characters. Go. So what I would do is I think that I would actually gather what I need to work on for the last characters and finish that up before I actually get started for my new character. Because once you're done with the, once you're done with your first characters, then you can spend the rest of your time focusing on your new character. That's a good idea. And, um, which one was the quarantine zone? Oh, Evan. Evan experienced that where with because his third character had the most detail. Yes, it did. And so um, <laughs> it took more work to finish it off. So all of a sudden, right before it was time for filming, he said, everybody stop what you're doing on the other characters and let's all work on this character together. Yeah, that was weird. Like, drop your paint stuff and come go over here. What about all the other characters? Is it like they're disappearing in a magic show? I guess <laughs> that he just wanted to make sure that the final character was complete. Well, I don't really know why you should tell everyone to stop, but it's a good idea for everything to go get complete, too. Mm-hmm. He was worried that that character wouldn't go. Um, and Ben did okay, except he was a little disappointed with his third character. Do you remember why? Because his last character, she was supposed to be maybe some sort of princess, but she was supposed to be beautiful, and then the seams started to fold up and start rolling up. How did they fix it? They added blood like she was some sort of vampire princess. And (laughs) did the director like it? No. No. (laughs) And uh, Nora also <laughs> had her third character, and hers was the prey. And then it turned out that in their video, the prey, uh, the hunter became the hunted. So what happened is that the prey was running through, the hunt was trying to catch her, and then at a dead end, she called, I don't know, her pet giant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was a whistle, and then all of a sudden, he just started chasing him around but that was just for the last second and still it was all spooky yep and she had to do a lot of work just for that guy to to growl for four seconds at the end of her film yeah that's a lot of work just for four seconds at the end of your film do you think she did a good job (laughs) yeah that's pretty good yeah who uh who did you want to win after watching all of the videos i actually like nora's the most and just magic, just like that. Ta-da, Nora won. <laughs> and she was so excited. Yes, it was very exciting. How does it make you feel to know that you can go to school for something and as soon as you're done school, you can go to a competition and win the competition because you did such a great job while you were learning at school? It's actually a really happy, exciting feeling. That, that was pretty happy for her. Yep, that's really exciting. And Nora's not that old, so it's a good start. Mm-hmm. Do you think she's going to get a really awesome job now? Maybe. I think so. I'm happy for her. She did a great job. Yeah, it's pretty. she did a pretty good job considering that she had 
a lot and a lot of struggles. And she got, and on her team, there's people who left off early and struggled a lot. And then they were actually able to pull it together. You know, I think it's easier to work if you have a team captain because when I always see face-off in the finale, everyone seems to work better with their team captain. Do you think that's because they're trying to help somebody instead of uh, trying to win for themselves? Yeah, I think that's why because they're helping someone and that they work better together. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Well, that was a very exciting season, wasn't it? And we might see you next season. Bye. <laughs> uh, thanks, Liv, for Perfect. another great season of The Report. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Leah, for uh, engineering all that. And thank you, Ellie, for popping in time to time <laughs> with your thoughts on oh. it. Speaking of thoughts on things that are oh, ending, man. Project, Project, <laughs> Green Light. Oh, God. Well, I first have to give a shout out to Sarah for her excellent post on the finale that outlined a lot of the problems that this season had. Sarah, why don't you give us a quick pricey of your post? Um, well, I was looking back at the season, which um, ended like abruptly. abruptly. Like I felt like they were fighting about certain cuts and everybody's on Skype together and talking about it. And then they're like, oh, do we have picture lock? OK, bye. Yeah, but it was really weird. The season had a bunch of like the season was paced very strangely. You had like four weeks of Jason's in tranches intransigence in pre-production and then like it felt really rushed through a bit in the last four episodes they weren't transparent about the budget and what um things actually cost that was weird wasn't it they seem pretty open about almost everything but they wouldn't talk actual hard numbers i wonder if it's like a competition thing i mean in the in in the finale at least it seemed like effie was like coming up to the edge of saying what amount she had and then would look look at the camera and be like we have enough we have enough yeah (laughs) and she actually gave an interview to buzzfeed that went up either today or yesterday that is pretty illuminating on stuff that we didn't see but there are certain things that it's like why was this edited out then like just make it 10 episodes instead of eight yeah because certain fights that they were having were just like, they just ended. Like the fight about the car crash. Next episode, it's done with. Yeah. And then it, the, Dave in the finale was when Peter Farrelly came back to watch a cut. Dave was like, what is this guy doing back? Yeah, what was he doing back? I thought he and like. And there's Pete Jones. Like, remember Pete Jones? Like, yeah, we remember Pete Jones. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody, I mean, I think they need to be anybody, more transparent about certain aspects. Yeah of the way the show is made and also like define exactly what Ben and Matt are doing and what they think their role is. Cause it, also, I mean, it what, just seemed really weird. Joe, what in the world role is Matt Damon? <laughs> that hair? <laughs> See, they need to specify that stuff too. Yeah. I want a whole episode on that. Like I actually, I kept meaning to like look it up and I didn't, I didn't. And wasn't he in like Croatia or something like that? No, he was in China. Like they sent a camera to China just to watch him take a phone call. (laughs) So weird. You know, they probably have cameras. Jason Mann's been in the press the last two days, like falling on his sword for Matt Damon being like, everybody you don't understand. And like throwing all sorts of other people under the bus, but like very, very concerned with, Matt Damon's reputation, I guess, or something. Mm. 
He's concerned with Matt Damon's reputation. Yeah, he seems to be like very like concerned with like writing the record. I'm making sure everybody knows that Matt Damon's not a bad guy about that thing in the first episode. God, if I were Matt Damon, I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. I'll handle yeah, this. Yeah, don't help. <laughs> um, so tonight is the premiere of The Leisure Class as we record this, so we haven't watched it yet. Sarah, have you? I assume not. <laughs> you have yeah i watch it oh well let's say well should we save it and discuss it next week after we've all had a chance to watch it well thumbs up thumbs down let's yeah give us a <laughs> the sobbing kind of gives thumbs away part down. of the story okay yeah Not the story th- construction point it's bafflingly incompetent Interesting. Spoiler. That's fine. Yet not yeah. surprising. Oh, I'm going to miss Jason Man. Looks you guys, nice, it though. Because he's going to blame everyone else. I knew it. I, if it was good, I was going to be mad because then he would have won. And if it's bad, I'm going to be mad because he's going <laughs> to blame everyone else. <laughs> That's true. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how in that last episode somebody just didn't say, well, this, I mean, the HBO film guy Amato, yeah just basically kind of said well that's a wrap by but like at that somebody actually didn't say the words this is how it's going to be yeah because no, he did say might, that he well said reshoots are not part of the plan here five minutes later they're fucking reshooting exactly yeah 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 i don't know one what... consequence for this sunad one <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's- this is this has been a, a drum that sarah has been beating all season and rightly so it's like in e- there this is the problem with the show is that it makes things seem like a crisis and then the crisis just blows over and we don't really know how yeah and he never he doesn't learn anything because nothing happens to him like i don't know what he's learned from this experience at all if but anything it just seems like they were treating him like a seasoned director with yeah. a track record instead of a first-time director that needed to be told no, right. this yeah. is how it has to work. And it's non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? Instead of like always act, ask, uh, giving in, <laughs> word change, um, <laughs> into his demands. <laughs> yeah. And then like setting everybody on the set up for failure, like, because it's just a count compound action. You give, you know, like, yeah. like the first time is like, oh, I'll try that again. Oh, I got my way the second time. But by the end of the, the episode, he's like basically berating Effie for having the foresight to sock money away Which, by for the these way, crucial yeah. scenes at the end. Like it was, I, like, I just it was wanna, baffling. I want to speak up. Where for, did it come from? Well, I mean, I assume that it's she. She was wisely holding back part of the budget because that's how budgets work. Like you don't spend every single penny that you have yeah. in case you get to the end and you have problems exactly like the problems they had. So I don't know why he was like, "Well, I wish that Effie had told me that we had this money so I could have done my fucking car crash again." I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Because like this is why because there's stuff in their movie that's a problem that's more important than that one stunt and you should be thanking her for having understood that you would need to have a slush fund when you're done watch an episode of property brothers sometime jason and you'll learn how budgets work (laughs) seems to me that he should also learn how things are paced that would be helpful (laughs) yeah yeah joe you were saying this is also why like if you fancy yourself this like wonderkind or whatever or just like you have this vision that you can't let go of that's why you don't or can't work within the studio system on your first you end up you know scraping by and making pie like you know Darren Aronofsky yeah. did for like yes. two dollars or whatever. Yeah, and then you take that to festivals and you sell it. Like you don't. If you're working, if you're already within a studio system, if you've already got HBO to answer to, yes, then 
that's that's not how it goes for you. And that, you yes. have to deal it, with the fact that you are essentially middle management to some degree. And it raises questions about like, okay, what is the background of Jason Mann's previous shooting? Like, was it just family money? Did it like, is there some largesse we're not aware of? Because if he's always had his way and he says like, you know, I've never had to re- you know, release control to anybody in any aspect. And it's very frustrating. Well, duh. But like, <laughs> how... How that's what the money is for. Exactly. This he's never he's never shot a feature before. That's all of us could say we've never had to take notes before because none of us have ever shot a feature. (laughs) It was it's just weird. I I mean, as I all caps tweeted last night, like when he the and the worst is what his most punchable moments for me are when he's all like acting wounded about shit that's happening Mm -hmm. to him. Like, well, I just thought that uh, filmmaking was supposed to be a very personal experience. Blah blah blah. Like, first of all, fuck off. And second, if you don't. Don't want to have to collaborate with anyone be a painter like film is this is a collaborative medium you don't get your way on everything yeah. and there are dozens if not hundreds of stakeholders that get to you know weigh in or affect whatever your you know precious fucking vision is yeah so maybe you're in the wrong line of work just say well i mean for project Greenlight to be a show about you know making a movie it seemed to be like a show that wanted to have a first-time director making a movie as if it was his like fifth or sixth. And that was yeah. the fr- most frustrating part of it is they, they just didn't lay down the law in a way that was realistic for a first time director. I think I'm so going to miss him hating him though. Like all I want now is for, uh, <laughs> cause I feel like Max Joseph has one foot out the door on catfish, like replace Max with Jason. I will be happy forever. <laughs> yeah. It is time to go around the dial. Tara, you are going to start us off. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Nashville, which is, we mentioned it earlier in this podcast. It's super corny most of the time, but they killed someone this week and I was actually stunned (laughs) sitting alone in my office watching the episode on the Slingbox and my jaw literally dropped all by myself in my office. It was like a moment that almost never happens in TV. I did not see it coming and it was great. And um, all that said... I'm really, really, really going to miss Jeff Fordham on that show and his evil energy um, because he uh, he he brought something important to the table. He was a real dick, and um, it was always fun to watch him. And what was he doing? What was it? Well, I'm glad you asked. So this season has all been about the uh, downward spiral of Juliet Barnes since she had her baby. Um, obviously, right. she has postpartum depression, which Hayden Panettiere has in real life and has like le- taken a leave of absence from the show. It's very serious, not a joke. But oh, wow. on, on the show, um, oh, yeah. But on this on the show, Juliet is like just drinking a lot and making bad choices and getting divorced and stuff. And Jeff is her manager, so in the at the end of the episode, like all of the teasers made it seem like, and it has a fatal ending. And you see Juliet like standing on the ledge of a building and stuff with a bottle in her hand, of course. And like no one watching this could have ever thought they're going to kill off Juliet. Like obviously they're not, but he what happens is he runs through this like rooftop bar and tackles her before she can jump and then somehow gets turned around. (laughs) And so she's fine and he falls. Um, And then, you know, presumably kills himself because, or dies because he's, you know, like 10 stories up. Um, So yeah, it was, it was insane. (laughs) And I was shocked. Like even for that show, which is super duper soapy and has in the past, Sarah pork blood, (laughs) they've had storylines that involve (laughs) the use of someone going to a, going to a butcher shop and getting pork blood to like fake a miscarriage. Like, it's an awesome show that way. 
Uh, wow. Even oh so, God. it was a, it was a margarine container yep. with a western <laughs> font, and I was just like, "We are through all the looking glasses yeah. in a lake of pork blood." It's oh not, my God, I need that. It's not a good show, but I love it. And moments <laughs> like this, like, remind me why? Because the season to this point has been like kind of depressing. There's yeah. a lot of it is revolved around um, the death of uh, of a character who donated her kidney or her part of her liver to her. Uh, recovered alcoholic brother, and he's all fucking guilty about that. Like, all right, enough with Deacon being sad. <laughs> we get it. Ever not guilty? No. <laughs> like, I really Every hope. Every time I tune into that show, I'm like, he's the worst. It's really, uh, it's it's enough already. Except when he's on a bender, at which time he is just randomly smashing crockery <laughs> like he's a two year old. <laughs> That's true. Like, uh, you should really go and I like gifted once for Yahoo that I was like, who blocks this guy's drunken. Yeah. Rampages because it really is. He looks like a kid at the ball pit. You're like, bro, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. John uh, Ramos <laughs> covers the show normally for us. I've, I've covered the last two because he was out on assignment doing another project. Um, but you should really have to follow his uh, his posts on the on the show because um, he has mentioned that, too, like that that usually Deacon like will go on a on a. <laughs> on a temper tantrum and he just like ends up throwing pillows around <laughs> like it's always the very tv destruction that is just like mussing up a room rather than actually wrecking anything anyway all this by way of saying the last episode of nashville was a- an actual draw dropper for me well done show old font new font <laughs> uh Eve, what do you got so i want to talk about my crazy or I got, not mine, I guess, just crazy um, ex-girlfriend. Not, I don't have a crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, Adam Grossworth is, of course, covering it on Previously.TV, and he's doing a lovely job, and I probably would not have started watching it if it weren't for his coverage. Hey. And once I did, I texted, like, everyone I know, <laughs> or at least, like, the people interested parties, not, everyone, not like, my old boss or anything, and I'm like, <laughs> you guys have to start watching this show. <laughs> it's just so weird that it's strange to me that it's – on TV and isn't just like a web show. For for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's imagine if uh, Flight of the Concords met the Mindy Project before the Mindy Project got so misogynistic. <laughs> um, and, you know, it just like it's the singing plus like a delusional yet great central female character who's super good at her job but is bonkers about everything else. Um, and it's just it's just the weirdest show. I think what really sold me is. I think it was the second episode, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, where she sings the song because there are these musical interludes. That's one of the things that makes it similar to Flight of the Concords. She sings a song about getting ready for a date. And um, there's a moment where blood spatters on a bathtub. And my husband turned to me and said, this is the best show. They are going to always go there. Every other joke is like a straight up sort of woman to woman sort of remark about tampons or things like that. Like it's not afraid of the, you know, of the, of the female body in that sort of sense, you know, but, but it's also not sort of, it's not self-deprecating like, Oh my God, I'm so fat. You guys, my body looks like a lava lamp. Um, it doesn't do that shit. It's just like, here's what we do. It's crazy. We probably shouldn't do it. Who knows? I don't know. So the <laughs> show creator is Eileen Brash McKenna, who has written a lot of movies, including Devil Wears Prada, who I think Woo! that's a good example of another sort of property where you take the character who maybe should be the villain and is the hero, in my opinion. Yes. Priestley is the hero of that film. Agree. Um, and it's the same thing with this. We have this 
delusional woman who moves from her awesome job in New York to Covina, kind of to chase a guy who is maybe not worth it. And it all completely works. Everybody, you guys, everybody has to watch it. And it's on the CW. What the hell? The CW? <laughs> uh, I haven't watched awesome. it yet. I hear nothing but good things. Yeah, but this I've been meaning to get on it. gets the Cougar Town Award for they're going to regret that title. Well, Adam <laughs> wrote that in his post on, yeah. the, on the premiere, too. So, yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah. But they sort of address that in the in the opening credits. They sort of – it's. They sort of do the Callista Flockhart, uh, if I'm a girl, sort of thing in the yeah. credits. Like they take it head on. So yeah, know, but it's... you have to get in the door to to get that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that that title, sight unseen. I think is a kind of a barrier to entry. Yeah. For a lot of people. Absolutely. That's why I, I yeah. would not have watched it if oh, it yeah. weren't for Adam's reports because Thanks, I would have just thought, hey, this is just some dumb shit on the CW. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Adam's doing the Lord's work again. Joe, you're gonna say. I was, I don't know. I, I mean, this is what I was sort of like with Cougar Town, too. It's just sort of like titles can be ironic. I don't know. It doesn't, It it's odd to me that so many people seem to have that kind of a barrier. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it was, it's like, you know, a terrible thing to do. I'm just saying, like, to get as many asses in the seat as possible. Yeah. That's not, that yeah. is the part. You know, like Cougar Town was always on the cusp of cancellation. And that was always one of the things yes. they're always saying, like, mm, you know what? If I go back in time, I would have done this, but I can't now. Eve was going to say. Yeah. Well, just if you're a regular person and you're just like somebody who goes to the guide and then clicks on something, <laughs> this is my understanding of what regular people do. Um, I think that you would see it and you would think, is that that Uma Thurman movie? Uh, if if yeah. you would think anything, that's what you might think, right? right. And so I think that I, – I agree with you, Joe, that a title shouldn't be a barrier. But if you're just some you know regular person trying to figure out what to watch after you come home from your job – I can see where that title is going to be a problem. Yeah, I suppose. I'm trying to put myself in the position of a normal person. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah. no, no, Say regular person one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Um, so I, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about uh, American Horror Story, but I hadn't been watching Scream Queens. I feel like I sort of had picked my Ryan Murphy show for the fall and had, you know, that was it with it. And then I heard the re- the ratings weren't really good. And then I heard such mixed things on Twitter as the episodes would go on and people would sort of live tweet it and half of the people, more than half of the people seemed to really hate it. Um, but I had nothing to do on Saturday and I sprung for the ad-free Hulu Ooh. and which totally changes the game user experience wise. It like, really does. It's the right? best. It's really fantastic. Except there's a few like, shows that still have ads, FYI. Is Just, that true? Yeah. Oh, is that true? Yeah, there's um, some contractual, uh, I think, you know, like the part of the getting it was that there would be an ad share uh. agreement. There's not a lot, but I think there's like uh Oh, yeah, I haven't run into that yet. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I, anyway. I, I don't agree with that. Um, <laughs> but so I watched the first three or four episodes. It's tough to tell with that first episode being two hours uh, of Scream Queens. And the very beginning really rough i think it sort of front loads itself with its worst aspects which is that you get that scene of the flashback with the sorority girls with the with the one having the baby in the tub and everybody's sort of like this hyper callous like pretty girls are awful people kind of dialogue and then it goes into emma roberts in the present day and she's got all her girls and of course they're all named chanel just to build up to the one like watery little joke about chanel number five but like Beyond that, once they get past that part, I really liked it. And I really – it dawned on me that it 
I was looking at it through the American Horror Story lens, which I don't think is actually quite right in that it's a comedy in the way that Glee always wanted to be but couldn't be because it all because Ryan Murphy thought that Glee, in addition to being a musical comedy, was also like a force for social justice <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And like it totally deep six that show, but like so much stuff on Scream Queens I find genuinely delightfully hilarious. Like the Emma Roberts stuff is my least favorite, but like Niecy Nash is a blast. <laughs> She's on really show. funny. And like and like it's delivering dialogue that I don't think everybody could be able to pull off, but like that character's so funny and so like I love a good like single-minded character where like everything this woman experiences is through the lens of uh A, like she's a security guard, B, she's avenging her partner yeah. who died by getting stabbed in the head. And then C, she thinks Kiki Palmer's character is the killer. Yep. And so every single thing is she's just like, and who is not here but Zayday Williams? And it's just uh it's She's really great. Obviously, we talked about Chad Radwell on the last uh, when we talked about American Horror Story. Yep, um, he's the best. Yep. He is the best. He's so good. That's a character that you don't have on television right now. Is that mm-hmm. sort of like that frat boy that can really be funny and really cut loose? Totally. Um, and I when I Jamie went on, is, sorry, when I went on IDB to be like, where did Glenn Power Powell come from? I was like, he was in Expendables three. <laughs> Feels so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but apparently he was. Um, yeah, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is making chicken salad out of chicken shit dialogue <laughs> and characterization, but she's doing really well. I think Nassim Pedrat's so funny. Like, it's it's doing, like I said, it's that Glee thing more than anything, where if you replace songs with brutal murders, <laughs> like, and really, like, slot that in. It's really not that hard. <laughs> um, it's doing the kinds of uh, things comedy-wise that uh like there was one part where the 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 fraternity which is the dicky dollar scholars yep. who are uh they're all golfers and so they go out to try and like chase down this killer and they've all like they're just vandalizing cars with their golf clubs and it's all set to uh everybody back streets back by the back yeah, yeah. yeah and it's so fucking funny it's i really just funny. like i'm so happy to have discovered this show how far and along was, are you joe he's he's not sure three or four he said okay it does suffer uh, no, it, I, I it does it suffer least... from some american horror story mid-season yeah. uh meanderings mm-hmm. i could see that also yeah. have we gotten to the part in the series where we've met uh chad redwell's family no yet? no because i looked at no. the cast list and that's fucking amazing <laughs> Can't the wait. Cats, just its family. Awesome. Yeah, so, yes. Sarah. Speaking of horror shows, the Project <laughs> Runway finale is upon Uh-oh. us. Um, just kidding. Tim Gunn deployed the Tim Gunn save uh, in the most recent episode, which was finale part one. As we record this, that was last Thursday. And this coming Thursday will be the uh, real finale. Last week was two hours of filler basically which was capped with a very interesting runway show and a very interesting judges crit is anyone else still watching this yeah me and i finally watched it last night what i don't get about this part about this episode is like there's three days to go like is this really productive to be giving them all these notes when they definitely do not have time to incorporate them i mean i know part of that is the show but also like just let them go out and fail on their own like this seems cruel to me to be like here's all the ways but we're gonna shit on you two days from now when you can't deliver on all the stuff we told you to do right that and some of these critiques like they should have been making them all along yep. like 
if you really legitimately feel that Candace's issue is that she's a tryhard, I totally co-sign that <laughs> in three different colors of ink, but it's way too late and it's totally not fair to tell her that now. Yeah. Yeah. So my feeling is that all of that was kind of a smokescreen to try to throw us off of who they're going to give the win to. Mm-hmm. Which who do, do you think you, it is? I, I'm not spoiled. Um, are you? Uh, no, I'm not spoiled. I'm my not, feeling is that it was going in a Kelly direction and they wanted to throw up a cloud of octopus ink to make us think that they wouldn't give it to her. Yeah. I think Kelly winning is the best story of this season. Although, I mean, Edmund too, he has a good story from having like been auditioning every single year since the show started. Yeah, true. Um, Eve, yeah, what do you, I don't know. Eve, you're watching too. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think Ashley would have been my preferred story, but I mean, even the low bar that we have for the quality of design and construction this season, <laughs> yeah. she's just, she's just, I mean, it's just not there. I mean, that, that stuff that she showed, that was the best stuff you had to show the judges, know, that top, seriously. that baggy bra top, um, you know, and I'm just, I, my hate for Candace cannot be overstated. <laughs> and I, and I say this, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to run into her on the street or something and I'm going <laughs> to feel bad. Um, but and perhaps it's all editing, but she said the words that she is always saying, and they are always awful. I yeah. just don't understand how anyone can claim to have watched this show the whole time and not understand that when a camera is in front of you, there are certain things you say and there are certain things you don't say. Yep. And the things you don't say are all the things Candace says all the time. <laughs> yeah. She really does come across like a real rotten bitch. <laughs> For real. But, Can I ask just, a question? The bottom line to me is that nothing is good. None yeah. of those outfits are good. They, I mean, it just all looks terrible. And being like, oh, I'm sorry, stuff from the Just Fab <laughs> pyramid scheme. Well, you know, that's just like, you know, that's it. That The problem isn't the styling. The problem is everything on the show. And I, I mean, I'm with Tim every step of the way in terms of how upset and angry and over it he is. Yeah. I will continue to watch. Joe, what were you going to say? Uh, I only watched the first episode of the season, but there was that character, the the woman who was like Dirt. just hypercritical and bitchy of everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, did she stick around? Is that the one we're talking That's about? That's the one. I could have. Oh wait, are you talking about the chick with the glasses from Texas? <laughs> yeah, That's, just kidding. Yeah. She's way better this year, actually. Yeah, Joe, the did you mean the one like, with the glasses, Lindsay? The one who, after the first episode, Tara, you liked her because yeah. she like was saying. Yeah. That you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. I was wrong about her. Yeah. No, she did not. Okay. She did not stick around. She was a rotten bitch oh, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she was right about the whole thing. Like, bring your own fucking scissors. She was definitely I mean, right on. about that. I. I still agree with her on that. But yeah. 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 This season is a bummer. You're right. It's just. It, and it's because. And again. And like this is something that Sarah keeps saying in her post. Is like, why are? Why must every challenge be a day? Like it, no one is going to be showing their best work after such a short period of time. Like it's just not possible. Even if you, even if you are good, you would never know in that, on that timeline. And isn't it also possible that we need to just take a couple years off yeah. and let the field lay fallow for a while. So it's some actual good designers. Like a lot of these people, it's like, who isn't cannon fodder <laughs> yeah. in these casts now? It's true. Um, are we, should we talk about Swapnell right now? <laughs> sure. Oh. Did we talk about that? No. The super awkward, like, oh, wait, his it, departure and how awkward it was. Did we talk about that? Yeah, speaking of rotten bitches, Tim. 
Oh, man. He, he did not cover himself in glory in that moment. I, I was very let down by Tim in the way he let Swapna leave. That was so weird, and it, it really makes you wonder, like, what was happening that didn't get shown that was, you know, well, what between these two. Apparently, he, it was that he was going to the judges, like, for weeks leading up to that. Like, get rid of him. He's not trying. Oh. Bitch. Back it up. <laughs> yeah. So what happened, Dave, since you didn't watch, is that when he, when Swapnil got got um, ejected, Yeah. like normally Tim will come in and, you know, after they've had a couple of minutes to say goodbye to the other designers or whatever, he'll say something like, we're going to miss you so much oh, or whatever. I and did he, see that. He, I oh, yeah, that that's moment. right. You, yeah. you were yeah. there. Uh, you oh, had yeah, that was awkward. In case you'd like to see it again. You know, it's frigid glory. Yeah. But he, yeah, he said nothing and was just like, well, bye. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Okay. And Swapnil detoured around him to get to the door at a distance of, like, 12 feet. Mm-hmm. Like, went to the other end of the room and behind him. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah. But, but and I'm sure, like, you know, since all of us went to school, we all sort of had that moment where the teacher, and it was usually somebody in the liberal arts, <laughs> would sort of turn on a student and give that reaction. Of course, it never happened to me because I'm amazing. Yeah. But I mean, I saw <laughs> that sort of thing happen where teachers would suddenly just give up on a student and you'd see them walk out crushed. I mean, Swapnil sucked, sure, but nobody deserves that, especially not from someone that's ostensibly presented as a mentor and instructor. Yep, agree. Well, <laughs> Oops, sorry. Did you have a closing thought, Shara? No, that's all. Okay. I, just that I agree. Go ahead. Last minute swap out for my around the dial. I oh. did have an email about uh, Australian Gilmore Girls-esque shows you might enjoy, but that has been replaced by the late-breaking news of a new Star Trek series. Oh, yes. But I still have the track oh, yeah. from the old one. So, uh, underline... Here we go. Okay. So, let's talk about Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, New York Times, CBS says that the new Star Trek series is going to begin in January 2007 with the subsequent... 17. 17. Wow. Uh, Violating the Prime Directive even in the press release. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, So they're going to have the premiere on the network, but then the series is going to be on their CBS All Access thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh Basically, they're like, their network only Hulu. Yeah. Which, like, well, like... Star Trek's a pretty premium. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as four ninety nine a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. 
That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code E-H-G for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. Your property. <laughs> and why are they delegating it to that? Like, I'm not going to buy that just for Star Trek. I yes, mean, this is are. the kind of thing that sends people to places through methods <gasps> and stuff. I'm just saying, like, Star Trek, uh, like, you know, for the longest time, it was on <coughs> shitty half-ass networks or in syndication. Here you are in the internet era. Like, I think the first true Star Trek of the internet era. Um, yeah. And you're putting it just online. Well, I mean, there's still plenty of time for them to reverse that decision. Yep. That does seem like a weird thing to stick to. Yeah. I don't think it's going to uh, create as many subscriptions as they think it's going to. Yeah, probably um, not. Anyways, but uh, I no information on what it's about or what they're doing, except it's not the Kirk cast at all. It's somebody new. So anyways, that's it. Captain Koala. Yeah. <laughs> um, hope you enjoyed Star Trek Didgeridoo. <laughs> Uh, a couple of weeks ago on this very podcast, we told you about Downtime, a- Downtime Abbey, the guest house at Fort Awesome, Hawaii, which is now available for you to rent for short vacation stints. Would you like to come stay with us this month? Well, you can't because it's already occupied and will be until after Thanksgiving. Uh, we still have availability in early December and late January, but the inquiries are coming fast and furious. So if you're planning a visit to the Big Island of Hawaii, don't sleep on this deal. Located about a 45-minute drive from Kona Airport, Fort Awesome is a one-bedroom guest cottage with a fully equipped kitchen, your own washer and dryer, your own private yard, and supervised access to Gordon Lightfoot Cole, one of the internet's most famous dogs. Of particular interest to extra hot great listeners, there's a 52-inch TV in the living room and just added a second TV, and both are connected to a five-tuner direct TV DVR. Um, That's the second TV in the bedroom, by the way. So all this can be yours for just $95 a night. Weekly and monthly rates are also available. For all the details, visit fortawesomehawaii.com before someone else books up your dates. Do it quick! Hey, EHG team. This is Patrick with another submission for the canon. This one's 30 Rock Season 1, Episode 19, entitled Cleveland. Now, I realize this would place 30 Rock in the hallowed halls of The Simpsons as the only other show to have at least four episodes in the canon, but I think that it more than justifies this. It also is weird to be using an episode from Season 1, which is generally considered to be uneven, and rightly so. Still, with Cleveland, we see a show hitting its stride, finally cashing in on the periodic flashes of genius in previous episodes such as The Head and the Hair and Hardball, both of which are great, but lack the unified tone and character certainty that we feel in this episode. It's a very plot-heavy episode, a lot of chess pieces needing to be moved. Liz is growing weary of New York City, stressed from work, is reaching new heights as Tracy becomes paranoid that he's being targeted by the Black Crusaders, a clandestine cabal of famous African Americans with an axe to grind. Meanwhile, Jack's insistent that Liz hang out with his new fiance Phoebe. This, of course, backfires when Liz discovers Phoebe may not be what she seems. At her wit's end, Floyd convinces Liz to sneak away to the Midwestern paradise of Cleveland. Things go so well in Cleveland that Liz doesn't want to leave, but when Floyd suggests they actually move to Cleveland following a job offer, Liz is snapped back into reality and runs home to try to put out the fires created by her absence. With so many balls in the air, it'd be easy for this episode to be your typical spring sweeps action fair. However, 
The writing and performances make up for the plot density by upping its level exponentially of comic gags and jokes, thus setting the tone for the rest of the series. The result is what amounts to, in my opinion, the funniest chess-moving episode of any TV show. Dialogue in the episode's immaculate. Characters are finally finding their voice. Alec Baldwin is setting the gravitas level at just the right notch, and the characters of Tracy Jordan and Jenna are finally being written as actual people instead of just cynical send-ups of Eddie Murphy and Bernadette Peters. However, the real reason to include Cleveland in the canon is the titular musical number centerpiece (laughs) in which the city of Cleveland is presented as a surrealist fantasy getaway destination. This is really the first time Jeff Richmond gets to show his talent for offbeat musical contributions to the show. Hotspot's got the hippest groove where all the real gun daddies move. Dig that sweet Cuyahoga glow. It smells so good. Cleveland. Where the jet set swing with heifer cats. Shop at Higby's, then we'll hit the flats. Excuse me. Are you a model? Uh, no. Oh, you are so skinny. You really should eat something. <laughs> I say Cleveland, hello. Yeah. New York and Paris just don't have the sights you see on Euclid Ave. Oh. Would you like to pet a real police horse? <laughs> Jeff Boyardee was born here, you know. <laughs> Stories high. Ladies first. And this episode marks a real turning point in the singular way that music is used in the series. I can still remember laughing at the tongue-in-cheek commitment to the oddball idea of the cleave as a tropical paradise, hooking its claws into me and transforming the show into required viewing. Character-wise, there's a lot of important turning points in the series as well. We see Liz choose career over personal life for the first of many times. The Jonathan and Liz frenemy relationships solidified. And some of the other one-liner ideas that we see are just some of the most immaculately conceived one-liners in the series. With so much voice, too. I'm going to have so much money that my grandkids are going to play lacrosse. Lacrosse, Liz Lemon. (laughs) Kenneth does a Michael McDonald impression that's so delightfully silly it makes me laugh every time. And Jenna gets the great dig. How six in the city are we? I'm Samantha. You're Charlotte. And you're the woman at home who watches. <laughs> we also get By the Hammer of Thor, the sexy baby bit, the Kildawabbit ringtone, and the Black Crusader runner. And they're all firing on all cylinders to balance out the frenzy character beats and amount of exposition necessary for this episode to set up the season one finale. Overall, this episode defines what would become consistently great about 30 Rock. High density of jokes, weird conceptual surrealist bits, the perpetually unfulfilled characters, the absurd blackout sets, without some of the more overtly winky moments of later episodes. It's like watching a balloon hang tenuously onto reality at the moment it's released ready to fly into the atmosphere. Despite having a montage of Cleveland shot entirely in Battery Park, I say (laughs) Cleveland, hello. (laughs) And I hope you do too. Thanks. 
Um, this is a great presentation. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the Battery Park thing because I didn't have to. A story about this episode from around the time that it was filmed. Um, friend of the show and past guest, Adam Sternberg, uh, his sister Katie at the time lived in Battery Park City and saw the notices up that 30 Rock was going to be shooting and was like so excited that this meant Battery Park City had really arrived and was like a cool hip neighborhood <laughs> to be on the show and then found out it was pretending to be Cleveland. Wah, wah. Um, the, uh, the Black Crusader stuff is funny to watch now just because of, you know, the whole Bill Cosby as moral arbiter uh-huh. angle. <laughs> really a lot has changed since 2007. Um, but Lester Holt is uh, delightful in his cameo and, and watching it because I know this is not a show that Sarah watches a lot, but that she's is on her list. I was like, oh, yeah, Lester Holt. Yeah, I know she... she spotted Holtzy for sure. <laughs> I know you love him. Um, and uh, this seriously. And the the uh, the Phoebe stuff is great. I love the uh, the danger th- Phoebe theme song that under plays all of her and her falling out of her accent too is something that doesn't that only happens in this episode and none of the others as opposed to the runner of like you may not remember me i'm phoebe from every single time which is funny <laughs> to me funny every time every time every yeah, time um and the cleveland montage obviously is like Certainly a canon-worthy moment, and the song is great, actually sung by Jason Sudeikis and Tina Fey, which only makes it more awesome. Um, oh, is that right? Well, it sounds like them. I assume mm. it's them. Yeah, it does, it does sound like them. Joe and I, as a yeah, 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 <laughs> commercial yeah. voiceover voice actors, would... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Will, uh... yeah, follow Joe and, and Tara on Twitter if you want to know <laughs> the VO on every ad. <laughs> On TV. Yeah, if someone can confirm that that is Brett Gelman doing Amex, please let me know, because every time I hear it, I think it's him, but it's such a weird choice that I think it probably possibly can't be. Um, anyway, all of those good things aside, uh, my issue with the episode is something that Patrick actually alludes to, which is the chess piece moving. This is a, a very plotty episode, and I feel like because of all the story tendrils that, <laughs> that stretch like forward and back, um, may make this one a hard episode as an entry point possibly Mm. um but let's move on eve what do you think um well as uh back when i was 21 i was a secret shopper for a series of bakeries and pharmacies in cleveland and um so even though it was obviously not shot in anywhere near ohio uh, (laughs) the sentiments are accurate that it is you know as long as you're a white person they are real nice to you there (laughs) and um, you know, and I also, this episode reminded me so much of how few sort of shows that really feel urban, I don't mean urban like how Empire is urban, <laughs> but urban like Seinfeld and this show are urban. The, this is a show about city stuff when Liz is walking along the street and the guy spits in her mouth. You know, <laughs> you know Tara's the first one to say, hey, Eve lives in San Francisco. She's used to that. <laughs> um, you know, it's like you know, all that stuff about you're in your city everything looks horrible, then you go somewhere else and it seems amazing. Let's move there. Was to me not that surreal and an accurate sort of thing you have about, you know, we'd all like to flee to the cleave. (laughs) I do love all the Tracy Jordan stuff. I'm not always comfortable with the Tracy character. Sometimes it feels like a lot to me, but this was just out there enough that other things like who told him about anagrams, which is funny, <laughs> but at the same time, sometimes it's just like, just, it's a little much for me, just for me. Um, but it, it all sort of balanced out. I felt like in a nice way, especially when he was running away at the end. But I do agree with Tara that, you know, there's so much there that 
you know, when this episode ended in the next one sort of automatically started playing on Netflix, they did a previously on 30 Rock. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, that they needed to do that is indicative to me that this is sort of an atypical episode. Because there is, there's so much there that you need a previously. I mean, this is not The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Joe. But it wait, is true. Oh, we are wait. all models in Cleveland. I have a question before we move on. So did mm-hmm. you do s- secret shopping for a bakery and a pharmacy or an awesome store <laughs> that was a bakery and a pharmacy together? Oh, my job would have been so easy if it was the same place, but now I had to drive to both. Oh, wow. I had to go and buy, like, I had to go, I was 20, so I had to go and buy to, try to buy booze at the pharmacies. Oh. Um, see if they'd let me or not. And then at the bakeries, I just would uh, have to buy, like, a bunch of different bakery things. And then I ended up, the back seat of my car was full of <laughs> bottles of booze and little bags of Mexican wedding cakes. Wow. <laughs> so what was, what was the success rate on underage booze buying? I would, and the thing is, I looked young yeah. as I continued to, and uh, I was completely successful. Right. They did not give a shit. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, America. Love Joe. that sidebar, Joe. <laughs> um, yeah, the thing about this the serialized sort of storylines isn't so much for me, at least, that they're plotty, but that what I love in this episode is Phoebe, but what I love about Phoebe stretches over like four or five episodes. Yeah. So I see this and I'm just like, I remember that one episode that ends after the blackout and she goes, Oh, my bones like that. <laughs> and this is like, well, that's not in this episode. It's just like all the, um, a lot of the avian bone stuff is not in this one. And that's my favorite stuff about Phoebe. I love that character. I think Emily Mortimer is hysterically funny and maybe like top five, top 10 side character on 30 rock all time. Yeah. Um, uh, also si- similar to the Liz and Floyd stuff, where this is probably like the biggest concentration of Liz and Floyd stuff, but like their relationship went over the course of like four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. So to try and pick out just sort of some of the stuff from that, it it makes thinking about this episode just this, this episode difficult because you end up thinking about like this sort of entire back end of season one. Um, the stuff with the Black Crusaders is interesting because you're right, Tara, in that we're in a different world now in the way we <laughs> yeah. think about Bill Cosby. But that storyline is like a, a nice sly little like clapback at Cosby for his like respectability politics stuff, which was a thing that people were sort of starting to get on his case for, yeah. but were sort of reluctant to get on his case for. So it was interesting that you had somebody like Tracy Morgan there at sort of the forefront of that 30 rock ends up doing a much more pointed joke about Bill Cosby in a later episode when mm-hmm. Jack is trying to get the person to impersonate Bill Cosby to like get Tracy to do something. And Tracy just starts yelling at him about what he did to his aunt, whatever, and starts just like sort of ranting. And like, that's, that's the more like sort of like cutting Bill Cosby uh, reference, but again, not this episode. Yeah. Um, the stuff with Liz's idea of New York City is also, I think, one of the strongest stuff. Yep. I think you've uh, mentioned the, the New Yorker spitting into her mouth. <laughs> but even the thing where Floyd's like, who do you want to end up like yep. that? That's yeah. my favorite part. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, give yes. it the flip off. And then Liz is like, no, that one. And it's uh, and it's Jennifer Bassey sort of like walking down the street briskly and then gets just 
housed into this <laughs> bag of trash. Just absolutely yep. wrecked. Yeah. It's a phenomenal, like, physical, like, kudos to that stunt double because yeah. she really, like, sold out for that. And yet, at, uh, the, at the time this that this actually aired was when Dave and I, we had just sold the site to, to NBC and we were, like, in the process of getting ready to move to New York and all of this stuff was like, I can't wait! Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> can't wait to get pushed into a pile of garbage. And or so or funny, push someone of, like, into a pile of garbage. You don't know. Too. Yeah, and like that was right by uh, the subway stop that I went to when I worked at the the Wire in Soho. So I was just like, oh, yeah, right there. I'm like, oh, yeah, you could probably see that happen. Um, (laughs) Also, underrated best line of this episode is when Phoebe and Liz and Jenna are all out at that uh, brunch. And Liz and Jenna are talking about television and Phoebe just goes, my parents were poets, so I don't know. And I was just like, yeah, perfect. So perfect. Um, but yeah, I like so much about this episode. I think the challenge is how much, you know, how sort of encapsulated can we say that Cleveland is Yeah. Uh, versus what sort of bleeds out into other episodes. Sarah. Sarah. Um, I really had a good time watching this episode, but I don't have a, the context for it that you guys have. Cause I'm not a regular watcher of the show that said every time it like comes up for the canon or I'm walking through a room where my husband is watching <laughs> it. I always enjoy it. Um, has someone done like a compilation of all the um, Princeton references that Jack makes? Probably. Because they seem really outlandish, but they kind of aren't. Yeah. Which is know. my favorite part about them that there's always this like such a solid underpinning of the more surreal stuff that they that they do with like being able to recognize the physical plant of 30 rock, being able to like recognize the extreme hard to explain weirdness of Princeton. Um, (laughs) His Alec Baldwin's delivery on who told Tracy about anagrams is the best. He's like so exasperated (laughs) that it's, he's like, we've been over this. Who told Uh, Tracy about anagrams? (laughs) And then the, the other actors who were like, I wasn't me. Um, The Cleveland song, alone i almost feel like everything else should have been like cut away <laughs> and that should have been nominated but i guess that would be more of a like king of tv things mountain has yeah, that yeah, gone yeah. through it feels like uh, it must have no i don't think it has oh uh, well but when i someone when should I, do it so you know i get the audio you know from from the submissions and i cut in the clips and uh since he i i, I challenged his notion that you know the cleveland clip by itself could actually put this in the canon by making that the only clip uh, for this episode in the submission. So, you know, I think it's it's a not uncompelling argument because that's a really good piece of business. Yeah. It, it really is. is like gone daddy. This was like the first thing I even wrote down that <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. Um, I have one last question before I uh, hand off to the next person. Is this the luckless Patrick who last nominated what was it? i was going to save that revelation for later but oh, indeed no. it is rocco's modern this is rocco's modern life, life oh, rocco's modern- oh dear <laughs> well played petrickle hey, hey um, buddy anyway whoever's next take it away all right that's yeah. me i guess i'm last yeah. um i i think everybody's checked off the all my boxes i wanted to say um so i will just say that um <clears throat> i agree with most of what patrick says i think it's um it's it is seems like around the turning point for Thirty Rock where they decided that they're going to play around with sort of an elastic reality, 
uh, a little bit more than they they started with. You know, it got into later. It gets a little more into like the Simpsons elastic reality sort of stuff. But here, it's like this really great mix of of um, you know workplace comedy and then just like a weird universe beyond. And uh, this episode, I think, shows that they are really getting comfortable with that. Uh, with that combination. So, uh, but otherwise I think everybody's hit the highlights really the lady getting <laughs> sidelined into the garbage bag <laughs> is my favorite part of this episode. If you, you know, if you've removed the Cleveland song, which is like fantastic. Glorious. Yeah. And, um, otherwise I think, yeah, I mean, 30 rock is one of my favorite comedies of all time. It's right up there with news radio, uh, for me, very similar shows, I think. And, um, this is, uh, I really got episode that I just laughed at a lot. Like I understand that there is a lot of moving parts in this episode and that you're tempted to sort of, as Joe says, pull in some of the future jokes into you know this episode, just because there is this, you know, continuity <laughs> that arises from a lot of the stuff that's happening in this episode but uh putting this just alone it i think it's really funny i do agree that it is a terrible starting point if you're to you know uh start watching 30 rock sight unseen just because it is so busy but uh you know that's not necessarily criteria i would use for this episode and for 30 rock um you know we're only this is only the first season so go back and watch the first you know couple yeah 19 episodes you (laughs) lazy bums (laughs) All right, so I say let's put this to a vote. I am going to say yes, Eve. Um, I yeah, I think that uh, it is a good distillation of everything that Thirty Rock does. Maybe a little bit, a lot packed in here, mm-hmm. but still a very accurate representation in a lot of ways. So I will say yes, Sarah. Laughed a lot. I wanted to move on to the next episode once it started auto playing. It's a yes from me, Joe. Uh, only because there are so many other 30 Rock episodes that I like even more than this one. Uh, this is a borderline no for me. All right. And Tara? Uh, yes to the Cleveland song, but very borderline no like Joe for, for the episode. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You got a majority. Saved by the five-person tribunal. It is 30 Rock. Season one, episode 20 or sometimes 19. I don't know why. Cleveland. Huh. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Creek Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. All right. It is time for winner and loser of the week. Tara has our winner. I had a late change. This one, uh, winner is Viola Davis because on her Instagram on Saturday, which was Halloween, uh, she explained that she tried to come up with costumes for her daughter for the for the occasion and that her daughter nixed Elsa from Frozen and Pirate and decided she wanted to be Viola Davis winning an Emmy for Halloween. And she did. And it's so cute. <laughs> this is a picture. So go to, uh, I put I it saw in. It. Yeah, it was cute. I put it She's in. She's holding um, a little Oscar too. She is. Yeah. I put it in um, lunch and a show today. So uh, by the time you hear this, it would be yesterday's lunch and show. Uh, go and check that out. It's the cutest thing you will see this week, probably. Loser leak. Uh, speaking of things covered in lunch in the show, um, <laughs> winner could be Leah Remini, loser, Word. Scientology, some more. Did you guys watch 2020? Yes. Oh, Tara went through a whole yeah. thing trying to watch that live here in Hawaii. It was like, it was a, it was a heartbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. She's hilarious. She she's uh, she comes off so well in that interview. I mean, Scientology does not obviously, but she's uh, she's so likable and funny. And I, I the moment that I put in lunch in a show where she uh, David Muir, the interviewer, asks her if she has to pay for courses, and she like leans forward and is like, David, 
are you fucking with me right now? And then like breaks out <laughs> laughing. So funny. And her mom is also super sweary and awesome. She's like, I don't know. The fuck do you want me to say? And I was like, oh, <laughs> my people. And my husband is like in the doorway of my office like, well, she's just promoting her book. And then I look over like 10 minutes later, <laughs> still standing there. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. And it worked. I'm buy buying it, that right? book. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Guys know what time it is? Mm. E-meter time? No, it's game time. <laughs> oh, makes me so happy to learn that uh some of my scientology uh knowledge is getting into you by osmosis dave okay we're gonna stop here because uh apparently we're cyloning so yeah okay i'll call you right back keep recording Hello. Oh, that's okay. So everybody's recording still. Did it, Eve? Or, or is it still yep. recording? Okay. Right. Yep. Cool. Hello. Yep. Hello. Hello. Everybody back. All right. Okay. Give me a couple seconds, and I'll just go in. This is the third game time of the season. Jeff Alexander won for the valued guests last week. Joe won our first game of the season. Tara and Sarah still looking to get on the board today. Today's game time comes from return submitter John Potts, who earns himself hey, an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of his choosing. Today, we are playing America, the World, and Beyond, which will test your knowledge of places, TV shows, and characters are from. Uh. All right. There are uh, three rounds today. Okay. All right. Basically, the answer is always a location. Uh, and I'll describe the rounds as we go along. So let's just see who's going to go first. We will start with Tara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll go uh, Tara. And then, uh, so I can keep it straight in my head, we'll go Joe, Sarah, Eve. Make sense? Yes. All right. Yes. Are we ready to play America, the world, and beyond? Yes, sir. All right. Yes. Round one, e pluribus unum. Okay. All right. Which U.S. state are the following set in? Two shows, uh, I mean, two points if you guess after the first show. And uh, you can ask for the second show if you're not sure, after which you get one point for identifying the state in which these shows are set in. Make sense? Yes. All right. Yes. So, Joe, are you ready? Nope. Yes. Me. Tara. Except it's Tara first. No, I just want to know if you're ready before. <laughs> I'm ready for Tara to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Tara, Joe, it's Sarah. Me, Joe, Sarah, Eve. Okay, great. Okay, Tara. Yeah. First show, <laughs> it started. <laughs> 30 Rock from the Sun. Um, Guess the state or get the second clue. I'll take the second clue, please. Hope and Faith. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Ohio? Hey! Nice. <laughs> One point. All Joseph. right. Joe, burn notice. Uh, Florida. Good for two points. Nice. Second one was Cougar Town. <laughs> Stargate SG-1, Sarah. Stargate SG-1. When they're not in other uh, worlds, it it's... takes place on this state, which also shares with a dynasty. And I had no idea Dynasty took place oh, yeah. in this state. Dynasty? Yeah. yeah. Stargate oh. and Dynasty. Same state. Uh... Vada. 
Is it Colorado? It is Colorado. It's in Denver, right? Oh, oh so close. I, if you just asked me Dynasty <laughs> Sight Unseen, I would have said California. Because mm. I just assume all those shows take place in Northern California. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eve. Eve. United States of Terra. Uh, what's the other show? Smallville. Kansas. That's right for one point. All right. Back to Tara. Yes, sir. Deadliest catch. Hmm. Oh. Uh, oh, no. I don't know. Other, give me the other one. Northern Exposure. Ah, whatever was right. Alaska. <laughs> uh, for Joe, judging Amy. Yes. Judging Amy. Never watched that show. <gasps> Joe. Uh, second one, please. Gilmore Girls. Uh, Connecticut. That's good for a point. Sarah. Raven. Yeah. Raven. Remember Raven? Raven? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. No idea. Hint. All right, here's a tough one. Magnum P.I. Who's your second <laughs> name? Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, correct. Call of the Wild Man, Eve. Call of the Wild Man. <laughs> what? Yep. I don't even know what that is. What's the other show? Justified. Did you say Justified? I did, indeed. Call uh, Kentucky. Correct. Call the Wild Man and Justified from Kentucky. Back to Tara. Mm-hmm. By the way, we have 24 questions in round one. Okay. The Riches. Um, <sighs> hint. True Blood. Louisiana. Good for one. <clears throat> Joe. Yes. Once Upon a Time. Oh, that place is in an actual state, huh? Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> uh, give me the other one. Murder, she wrote. <laughs> Maine. Maine. Nice. Correct. Uh, Sarah. Roseanne. Here's a little story while you're, uh, Roseanne owns a house about a two minute walk from us, which makes it sound like we probably live in a resort, but we don't. We live in a very neighborhoody kind of neighborhood. But she bought the old museum in town, and every Halloween, the museum throws this giant bash known as locally as the Roseanne party. And uh, she still own the nut farm? Uh, I don't know. I think sure. the nut farm went under, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also think that might not have been on this island. I think it was on a different island. Maybe. No, it was here. Oh, it was? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it was here. All right. Anyway, well, Sarah. That, the old abandoned <laughs> nut factory. I think that's the place. Oh. I think that might be her <laughs> old place. Anyway. The old abandoned nut factory. This has been Roseanne's Roseanne macadamia nut. <laughs> um, I'm just going to guess Indiana. So close. Illinois. Close. Your Damn second it. clue was ER, which would have given it away. I yep. Think. All right. Uh, Eve. Matt Locke. Matt Locke. <laughs> Oh, uh, Georgia? Nice. Correct. Second clue, Dukes of Hazard. Oh. Dukes of Hazard. Oh. All right, back to Tara. Yep. House. Uh, New Jersey. Correct. New Jersey. Oh, wow. Also Sopranos. <laughs> Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Joe, Bonanza. Bonanza. Uh, I mean, one certainly springs to mind. But I'm going to play it safe and get the second one. The original Rays CSI. CSI Night Shift, according to some people. Okay, well, I would have been wrong. Uh, Nevada. Correct for one point. Oh, here's an easy one. Sarah, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Dixes. Good for two points. Can I have a? Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, are any states repeated? 
Mm, yes. Okay. Uh, King of the Hill was the second clue in that one. Happy days for Eve. Happy days. Oh, God. Um, hint? That 70s this? show and happy days. Same state. Do you know it? Uh, uh, Ohio. Wisconsin. Shit. Wisconsin. I know. Yeah. As soon as I said it, I knew. Number 17. Ready to go. Ready to go. Tara. <laughs> Jag. <laughs> Jag. Oh, God. Mm. I'm just gonna guess Virginia. What? Nice. Good guess nice. because I don't think the second clue would have helped you much. Millennium. Nope, it would no. not. All right, Joe. Warehouse thirteen. Warehouse thirteen. Okay. Now the first twelve were in these states. <laughs> so by the process Warehouse of stately reduction. Um. <laughs> Oh, I want to guess. I'm going to get a hint, though. Deadwood. Here's a good clue. Oh, Deadwood. okay. Uh, South Dakota. That is good for one point. For Sarah, Dark Angel. Oh, shit. Washington. That's good nice. for two points. Frazier. Nice. And he should know. He's Frazier. <laughs> I'm Frazier. <laughs> Now, if that episode had been submitted... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh dear. There is a repeat question here, which throws off my math. Oh, no. So, let's see. This is the... So, I'm going to have to stop it after this one. So, this is going to be our last question of this, this round. round. Okay. 30 Rock, Hope and Faith just came up again in the questions. Oh, dear. I didn't notice it. Okay. So, our last question is, hmm, which one... All right. So, I got two. All right. So, for Sarah, right? Nope. For Eve. Oh, Sarah just... Sarah just went... Oh yeah, you said Washington. All right. Um, let's see. Well, choose A, B, or C. Choose one to four, and I'll give you whichever one you guess. One, three, what? three. Joan of Arcadia. Great. Um, may I have a hint, please? The Wire. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Uh, Maryland. That is Nicely good. Done. All right, so that ends our truncated round one. Dang, this is a very close game. Sarah and Eve are tied with five each. Joe has six. I have seven. All right, I'm warning you. It gets harder. When what, once we That's get to round three, you're going to be cursing. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, also, what she said. Yeah, you'll be cursing John's name. Round three is tough, but round two, in the meantime, beyond the shining seas. Okay. These characters were born outside the USA, but in what country? Oh, my. They're all from real countries oh. and not fictitious ones. Okay, okay, good to know. And he Thank knows God. not fictitious ones like <laughs> Wakanda from uh, Marvel Comics or Canada. Uh-huh. See what he did there? Yeah. Made fun of Canada. Got it. Uh, again, two <laughs> points if you just need the character's name. One point if you need the show. Oh, okay. All right? Yep. So, for Tara, yep. starting off round two. Yes, sir. Ignacio Suarez. Uh, Mexico. That is good. From Ugly Betty. Yep. Zevia David. Z I V A. Yeah, Ziva. And this is for Joe. Uh, give me the show. N C I S. Can Navally. you solve this question navally? <laughs> navally. All right. So think about this. Um, so we want the show, the, the 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 country that they were born in or from. So I would just say. Is it? Think about that name. Okay, I I, I watched my dad watch the show. In Joe's head time. now. <laughs> yeah. Is she from Weird. Iran? Close. Israel. 
Israel. Ah, but the opposite. Yeah. I think you get a last name like David from Iran. Uh, oh, yeah, dummy. God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Your dad, who is a loyal listener of this podcast, is disgusted with you right now. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> All right. For Sarah, Robert Chase. Robert Chase. Yeah. Was so born you're... in Great Britain or the United Kingdom? Australia. Fuck! Oh, what show is that? That is <laughs> House. Oh, House. God damn it. I knew which show, too. Shit. Uh, Mikel Gerard. I'm going to assume that's not a typo. And it's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. That's not that. Mikel Gerard. Are you sure it's not Michelle? Could be. Michelle. M-I-C-H-E-L? Yeah. Okay, Michelle. Michelle? Okay. Yep. Michelle Gerard. For, for Eve. Yeah. For so, Eve. Uh, what show? Uh, Gilmore Girls. Okay, France. That's good for one point. France. Hiro Nak. <laughs> yeah. Hiro Nakamura. Japan. Good guess. Heroes. I thought it was Nakamura. No? Nakamura. It is. Okay, here we go. I looked this up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be nice. Chungi. And I'll spell that for you. C H E N G Z or Z H I. That's two names. Chengji. Yeah, but it's like pronounced Chungji. Okay. Well, okay. you know, but I'm not getting the inflection quite right, but you get it. Sure. Give me a break. It's China. Wop, bop, bum. Two points. That was from 24. Okay. 24. All right. Sarah. Vicky. Yep. Wants you to identify the country Hannibal Lecter is from. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. And I'm going to give you a little extra hint. Two possible answers I will accept. Oh. Really? Yes. Due to history. Okay. Due to history. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Um, but if I guess one, I don't get to try to guess the other one. That's right. right. I will accept either of those answers, but only one guess. Just trying to remember where exactly. Do you want the show? They said, uh, <laughs> "No, thank you. I do not need the show." Right. <laughs> I'm trying to resist answering Transylvania. <laughs> That's obviously not. Or Pennsylvania. Obviously not true. Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Romania. Very close. The acceptable answers were the. Uh, Lithuania, uh, or at right. the time, USSR. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, for Joe. No, for Eve. For Eve. Luka Kovac. Kovac. Oh. Kovac? Kovac. Oh, Kovac. Yep. Okay. Oh, that name sounds so familiar. What is the show? E-R. And uh, wait, oh, um, two possible wait, answers on this one. gone now? Two possible answers. Um, also... Uh, same reason. Like, I feel like, do we still say Serbo-Croatia? I'll give that to you. It's Croatia. You, yes. Yeah, or Yugoslavia. <clears throat> I think I just really dated myself there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to Tara. <laughs> yes. Malcolm Reed. Uh, show. Enterprise. It's been a long something. I'm going to Getting from this country, which is the answer from here. <laughs> I'm going to guess England. UK will accept that. All right. Sophia Petrello for Joe. Uh, uh, Sicily, Italy. Yeah. Italy, correct, from Golden Girls. Nice. Stella Bons- 
Bonda Sarah. Oh, yes. This is for Sarah. For Stella Bonacera. Yeah. Can I have the show? NCIS New York. Brooklyn's on a country. Um, <laughs> Stella Bonacera. Not with that attitude. <laughs> uh, Spain. Greece. Hmm. Greece. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. Eve. Uh, this has an asterisk, but there is only one answer. Gus Fring. All right. I feel like this is supposed to be for Tara. Um, so I obviously don't need the show, but no. thought that that was a mystery. Um, well, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint before you answer. Okay. I will say that they do mention something, though it might be a cover story from the show. Right. But he, he is shown as being from a place. Yes. <clears throat> that they do name. Um, yes. I'm just going to say Mexico, even though I know it's... It's Chile, right? Chile, yes. Chile, yeah. yeah. Okay, back to Tara. Yes, sir. Your last question around two. Angel Batista. Uh, show? Dexter. Mm, oh, uh, Cuba? Correct. One point. Abu Nazir for Joe. Abu Nazir. That fucker. Right. Uh, Iraq? <laughs> Pakistan? Pakistan, the correct. Ah, homeland. Our homeland. old friend, Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dad. He does listen. For Sarah, your last question around to Liam. Simply Liam. Not Liam. Neeson. Listen to you. Uh, uh, you want the show? Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Liam? I don't know if Liam would come from anywhere but Ireland. Mm. What yeah. is the show? Angel. Angel. Oh, Angel. Oh, right. I thought it was Liam from Nashville. It's like, where's that guy actually from? <laughs> ah, shit. Callisto. Callisto. For Eve. Eve. Rounding out round two. Um, what show is this? Okay, good hint. Xena Princess, uh, Warrior Princess. Wait, that's like set on Earth? Yeah. <laughs> um, New Zealand? Oh. <laughs> Greece. It's the well, sister show to Hercules, so yes. it's going to be Greece. Yeah. All right. Oh, that obviously. was round two. Let's Still hear the scores. Very close. Sarah has five. Eve has seven. Joe has 10. I have 13. Okay. It's going to be tight, guys. You all have four questions. Okay. And these are the ones that are super duper hard, you a say? A lot of them are hard. Great. A lot of them, I think, are just like, well, you'll learn why. But it's, Okay. Okay. All right. Round three, yep. out of this world, these characters are oh. born on other planets, but which one? <laughs> oh, God. Again, two points if you can get it after the character. Yeah. One point if you need the show. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Are we ready? Tara? Yeah. Yes. Elf. Oh. Melmac. Two points. Ah. Joe. The Doctor. <laughs> okay. You're just from the one planet, huh? Yeah. God, I used uh, to know what it was, and now I forgot. I, this is I'm yeah. I never. I oh, don't I watch. Just remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, there's a whole fan community that's named their message board after this planet. Uh-huh. Um, it's the bronze. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you said God. the Bronx. I was like, that's random. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Toll uh, phone boothia. I don't know. 
Is it Gallifrey? It is Gallifrey. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah. Commander yep. or Admiral Bill Adama. What? What planet? Hey. What, what planet? Huh? Sorry. <laughs> Caprica? Paprika. She's, she's got it right. She just didn't pronounce it right. <laughs> no, it does sound like paprika. Which was, but she got it. I know, but I'm just saying that in my How head. How are you supposed to pronounce Caprica. it? Fuck off. Is that it? Oh, I see. One mispronunciation and suddenly the knives come out. Oh, how how the word turns. It's Caprica like Capricorn. <clears throat> That's stupid. You're stupid. Guess what? Guess what, Sarah? You're Dave now. You're me. Okay, Eve. Commander or Captain Spock? Uh, Vulcan. Right, for... Yes, Joe? What? For the record, yeah. I knew right, every way. other one in this goddamn round. <laughs> yes, Vulcan with the, uh, you know, the asterisk. It's pronounced Vulcan. <laughs> Don't mind. Uh, I would have accepted an argument for Earth on that one too, since he's half Vulcan. But I'm pretty sure he's born on Vulcan. All right, back to me, Major Kira. Oh, but uh, I don't know if it's Bajor or Bajora, but she's Bajoran. Is it Bajor? It is Bajor. Okay. Two points. That's Deep Space Nine of the Star Trek franchise. Ooh. Star Trek new F- new series, 2007, guys. <laughs> Mark your old on calendar. CBS All Access, the Supergirl streaming. CB All Access on America Online. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. All right, for Joe. <laughs> that was a modem, guys. Ask your parents. Megatron. Megatron. What's that? Megatron. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. Fuck, what was that home world, world called? Uh. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. No, what? Oh. <laughs> oh, it really does hurt. Yeah. Um. This could have been any of the characters from this show, I believe. Yeah. They're all from the same place. Oh, God. Different brothers from the same mother planet, which is. Deceptica. I don't no. know. <laughs> Cybertron. Cybertron. That's a terrible planet name. <laughs> All right, uh, Picky screwing Sarah out of possible points here. Your character is Lur. Ah, Lur. Yeah, L R R R. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, can I have a hint? Yeah, the show is Futurama. I guarantee you, you will not get this. Okay, um, Vinsonium. Mm. Mm. Tara, do you know what it is? Omicron Percy I-8. Omicron Percy I-8 is the right answer. All right, to Eve, your character is Lorne. <laughs> Simply Lorne. L-O-R-N. Yep. E. <clears throat> oh, it is? Yeah. L-O-R-N-E. <sighs> I mean, I assume it's Lorne, not Lauren. No, you're right. You've been what show? Right. The show is Angel. Another oh, one character, uh, one name character Shit, from Angel. Shit, and I Angel. even fucking watched that show. Um, they wear the burlap. Sure. Yeah. Um, Fred lived in a cave. I don't know. I'm sorry. Anybody know it? No. Pl- Plylea? Yep, Plylea. Nice. Oh, well done, Joe. Mm. Good job, Joe. Nice. Okay, back to Tara. Yeah. Mork. Ork. Mork from Ork. Joe. 
This yes. one is also has an asterisk beside it, but you'll be think you, if you tempted to overthink it. I just want to give you the clue: don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jamie Lannister. From what world? Yeah. Westeros. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, Westeros is believed just to be the name of the continent, but maybe nobody's sure. Okay. Also, could be the planet. All so, right. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. They say uh, the um, fan name for it is uh, Planetos. <laughs> Until they know <laughs> That's for an sure. Even worse Stupid planet name fans. than Cybertron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Planetos. <laughs> These Song of Ice and Fire <laughs> fans, not exactly the most creative people, I guess. All right. Uh, where are we? To Sarah. Hawk. And here's where it gets super tough. Hawk. That's spelled like the bird. Yeah, hawk. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hint. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Oh, the hell. I don't know. Earth. <laughs> Throm. From. <laughs> yeah. I had Throm once. It was terrible. Oh, boy. The heartache. <laughs> <laughs> Cranberry juice, right? You get rid yep, of it. Yep. That's right. Totally Swole up like a blueberry. <laughs> Max Evans, Eve. Max Evans. Aw, this one was supposed to be for Sarah. Yeah, but would you know the planet? What show is this? Roswell. Oh, God. So you got to um, know the planet. This is really embarrassing. Um, I don't know. Anybody? I don't remember. Antar. Oh, I, th- oh, I think nice. I thought they were from Mars. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Here's guess? another impossible one that's just really a learning opportunity for everybody. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> for Tara. Yep. This is your last question. Yep. Sam Francisco. Show? Alien Nation. Um, <laughs> Frecklore. Yeah, Frecklore is a good, a- good answer. <laughs> I'm going to give you a day point for that one. Uh, Tecton. Tecton. The planet <laughs> so of Tecton. So close. Obviously. No Tecton. Uh, <laughs> Someone at the Learning Annex has to do a class on naming for it, like yeah. naming alien planets, because it's yeah, not happening. Joe. Yeah. Yes. Surprisingly, our first character in this round with an apostrophe in the name, or perhaps a glottal stop, who am I to say? Teal C. That's the teal and then uh, apostrophe C. So who knows how that's pronounced? But that's how it's spelled. Like T-E-A-L uh, yeah. apostrophe C? Yeah. I don't know why I'm asking for specifics. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like, oh, well, that's how they spell it in the original Romulanian. Um, you want uh, the show? I'm not sure it's not Tealk, as in the powder. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, gosh. What's an alien planet that I can think of? I can't. You want the show? Oh, yeah, give me the show. Stargate SG-1. Ha, it didn't help you at all. Chulak. I'm just going to put you out of your misery, Joe. Chulak. Yeah. All right. Uh, Here's Sarah's last question. Sharan. My Sharan. No, that's where the clue is. I'm going to get it. I'm just going to guess now. Uranus. Good guess. It's from Enterprise and it's Andorra. They're the blue dudes with the antennas on their heads. Oh, oh sure. gotcha. Yeah. Right, right, right. Last question for Eve. Prince Adam. Yeah. Okay, what show is this? This is He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> oh. oh. See, why do I even... It doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. Um. 
<laughs> no, Skeletor. Oh, what? Skeletor, um, what? Oh. Is there nope. an ending to that? She said Skeletorum. Oh. Eternia. You're not? Like close? No, not even close. Eternia. No, it's Eternia, <laughs> yeah. No, of course it's Eternia. <laughs> All right, let's hear the scores here at the end of our game. Uh, Sarah had seven, Eve had nine, Joe had 12, I had 19. Oh, all right. Congratulations, Tara. Are we ready for our uh, tiebreaker shits and giggle round? Yes. All right. That so word. this is going to have to be crowdsourced, okay? Because oh. his tiebreaker is a hot potato he wants us oh. to do. All right. Oh. So here we go. Lots of shows are set in New York, especially cop shows. Yeah. But how many New York city or state-based cop shows can you name? Oh, my God. All right. So I have a list, but it's obviously not definitive. Shit. So we'll just go, and we'll crowdsource this. As we go along, Tara, go. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Joe. Law and Order uh, Mothership. Sarah. Law and Order SVU. Eve. Law and Order Criminal Intent. Yeah. <laughs> Tara. Uh, oh, Oh, I don't know if this counts because it. Oh, Blue Bloods, Blue Bloods. Shit. Nice. Joe. Uh, this is hard, Blue. so I'm going to put t- 10 day points on the line. He said NYPD Blue. Uh, CSI New York. Um. Oh my god, I'm out. Oh. Cagney and Lacey? Uh, New York Undercover. Barney Miller. That's our first one that wasn't on the list. Tara. I think I'm at two. Ooh, Joe and Sarah. Joe. Does white collar count? Uh, cop it's show? No, yeah, not really a cop show. He's the in the FBI. No, not a cop show, though. Okay. Okay. Um... It's got to be somebody with a badge, like an NYPD badge or something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Still plenty here. Out. All right. Mm. So, Sarah, get this to win. If you don't get it, I'm going to split the points up between you and Joe. Okay. Any, anything, any one show gets you I them delicious. I'm not sure if either, of the, if either of my remaining guesses was in New York, but I am going to guess uh, my old friend Ron L.D. Eldered, Blind Justice? <laughs> I don't know. Anybody know? I don't either, but I can look it up. What's your other Hold one? Up. What's the other one? Cop Rock? Cop Rock. Yeah, that seems like a no. no. It I could don't be know. LA. Ooh, this is yep. exciting. Blind Justice. Confirmed. New York show. Set in New York. Sarah. You got which one? LD. Blind, Blind Justice. <laughs> Blind is Justice. It's right. set in New York. Nice. Yep. That was fun. All right, guys, what is happening on the site, Tara? Um, I successfully convinced Sarah Debunting to start watching Arranged last week, so she and I are both covering the rest of the season. Yeah, that's right. Um, on Previously.tv, so check that out. It's awesome. All right. Anything else to add to that, Sarah, on the site? Um, I don't think so, except right. that it's going to be straining the bonds of our own marriage pretty soon. Christian <laughs> <laughs> is hilarious. Um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with that, and uh, please check out other features or other pieces in the Let's Talk It Out feature, including my discussion with Jeff Drake, world champion Kansas City Royals fan, yeah. about the terrible broadcasting in baseball, which, Sneef, we no longer have to endure. Oh, and our own Joe Reed talking to Jordan Vea about um, the upcoming season of Vanderpump Rules, which oh, premieres yeah, yeah, tonight yeah. as I as we record this. Indeed. 
I hope I pronounced his name right. Sorry, Jordan. Eve, uh, where can people find your wares? Well, on Previously.TV, I am covering Empire and iZombie, so uh, that's a good place to start. If you're interested in what happens in San Francisco, I cover crime and other things that I'm interested in at a website called sfs.com, and I'm on Twitter at EveB, E-V-E-V. All right, Joan, what's going on in your world? Uh, Vanderpump Rules Season 4 starts tonight, so I'll be doing regular coverage starting uh, tomorrow. And you can find me on Decider, still doing Today in TV History. Today was a very big one. Uh, Clone High debuted 13 years ago today. Holy shit, 13 years. Jesus. Wesley. Wrong. All right, guys, (laughs) that is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We got groovy with the premiere of Ash vs. Evil Dead and sunk our teeth into season two of iZombie, while Liv wrapped up another season of her face-off report, and we wrapped up Project Project Greenlight, starring this century's greatest monster, Jason (laughs) Mann. We went around the dial with stops at Nashville, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Scream Queens, Project One Way, and Didgeridoo uh, Star Trek News. <laughs> Patrick made the successful pitch for uh, 30 Rocks Cleveland by a 3-2 to two vote. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Tara was the winner of this week's Game Time. Remember, we're listening. I am David Teekle, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, you're going to need another wooden hand. Zerdy Bunting. Do you like my David Miscavige costume? Joe Reed. <laughs> Ouch, my bones. And Eve Beatty. <laughs> we shot this podcast on film, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I can have... I can do a museum. <laughs> Hi, Ellie. Hi, Mom. Liv and I just finished watching <laughs> the season finale of Face Off. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to do a museum in the basement. Is that why you skipped watching? <laughs> yeah? Yes. Um, who did you want to win? Um, I... In my museum? No, on Face Off. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you happy that Nora won? Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for speaking with me. You're welcome. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. (laughs) My museum is in the basement.